0: Sometimes it's just luck, luck, just being in the right place at the right time, picking his feet up at the right time. Um, you know, he's obviously, um, he's, he's very, you know, he's long, he's tall, um, and, and very flexible, as you can, as you imagine, you know, uh, the one last night uh, looked, looked worse than, than it really was, uh, very fortunate there, but, um, you know, he, he seems to have a little bit of a knack, but um, I just think that, uh, um, for the most part, you know, um, just been
1: just been fortunate. Welcome into Jags AM presented by Jet Home Loans today. I'm Kenani Stevens, Brian Sexton, John Osier with me today. That's your head coach Doug Peterson talking about Trevor Lawrence's injury. It's a high ankle sprain, but as described yesterday, fortunate it is not worse than they originally suspected. Um, that's our big thing today. Of course, Trevor Lawrence has to be big thing number one for us as we look forward to what this team is going to look like going forward. They have not ruled him out. For the game against Cleveland, but Doug Peterson did say he wants Trevor to feel one hundred percent before he gets back out there.
0: I want to make sure that Trevor's a hundred percent, you know before I, before I put him or any any player back on the field. Um, and and um, you know, it's just a matter of of their as a player too, is the tolerance that they can they can withstand with with any injury um and you just don't want to risk if if the player is not in in any harm or could risk further uh, damage to the area then 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 you have to consider it but um definitely don't want to don't want to risk further injury
1: so they have not ruled him out for that browns game brian but also they want him to get back to 100 percent before they play him so what exactly are we looking at this week
2: i think it's simple if he can play on sunday in cleveland he's superman Right? I mean I was stunned at the video of him walking down the hallway that Monday night football used and he was with every painful step grimacing uh, high ankle sprains have long been a part of life in the NFL and they have long been a three to six week injury um, you know quarterbacks can generally tape it up a little bit but we've seen what mobility means John to him in his game and then here's the other thing I mean, you're talking about a quarterback you want to be your guy for the next 15 to 18 years you always have to make the smart decision when it comes to him so from my perspective if he plays on Sunday I would be not surprised I would be shocked um and that's only because I just can't see how a guy like that can play in just a week's time on that injury less than a week's time
3: yeah I mean he's done some superhuman things he was sort of superhuman in New Orleans but this would be sort of super superhuman I guess (laughs) um uh high ankle sprains as you said three to six weeks uh maybe they tape it up I kind of doubt it I you know i think doug peterson has his you know heaviest lift right now trying to get this team back up trying to get the troops rallied if you will whatever that cliche is uh and i don't expect trevor to play um and that makes this week's game against cleveland to me uh fascinating ginormous whatever that word is Well,
2: if you want to look just ahead one week i I don't want him to play if he can't protect himself against miles garrett right the next week here come the 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 baltimore ravens Mm -hmm. with a defense that has 43 or 44 sacks and there's still a quarter of the season to play so you have got to make sure that he can protect himself from some of these guys who will be headhunting a quarterback they know isn't quite as mobile
1: and we'll get to it a little bit later on the show but there's injuries across the offensive line as well which you have to bring up because they have to protect him and if he can't protect himself that's something to think about As well. Our second big thing today is talk that talk because miscommunication has been a problem on the defense, and we saw a lot of that yesterday. Barring the injuries, the other big thing that stood out was a lot of the issues on defense on a team that has played well on defense all year long. So, Doug, talked a little bit post game about what was going on on the field.
0: If you're on the field and the crowd, as loud as they are when we're on defense, you're going to have, we have to. Reiterate communication, and that's all it is. It's just it's just double-checking with everybody. It's not communication issues. It's just being able to communicate um, the calls effectively. So there's a lot of talk that has to go back and forth because of the way the crowd. And the crowd was great today, you know, and, and that's what you want. And it, it does kind of, you know, um, put your defense in a little bit of a bind because of that.
1: John, Doug was a little short with the media after the post game yesterday. I don't blame him for that. Um, is there miscommunication issues or are they not miscommunication Well, I think issues?
3: this was a little misconstrued after Doug said it. He was trying to answer a question about why it looked like the defense was having trouble communicating for the snap. That's how I interpret it. And he was trying to explain, I think, um, that when it's loud, it looks like there's miscommunication because the defense is trying to talk to each other for the play. Uh, He was sort of criticized by some fans for criticizing the fans. I didn't get the idea that he was criticizing the fans for being loud at all. Um, I think this was a case where he was trying to answer a question, and sometimes when you're answering a question uh, and trying to explain things, in this soundbite era, people try Mm -hmm. to take it and make it something it's not. Uh, Now, that being said, the defense didn't play well, but I thought the communication was going on during the play. A lot of bad run fits, and they got blown off the ball a lot. It was, it was a bad defensive game against the run for a team that's played great against the run most of the season. Yeah,
2: I, honestly, I got the sense, and this is just a feeling, that he was mad. You know? I mean, he was mad standing there, mad at his defense, that they weren't doing the things that they had done all season long, and his comments were meant to temperate. He absolutely did not criticize the fans. He went out of his way to make sure that he said they were great. Um, the defensive coordinator is going to talk this week, and the question is a painful one for him, but it goes something like this. How is it that your defense, which has had some communication issues and has talked about working on them throughout the year, how is it that communication was a problem for you guys, but not for the quarterback making only a second start, his first away from home, and on Monday night in that environment, how is it not a problem for him? Um, That's the question that has to get answered because, John, we've frankly talked about communication issues and big plays being given up on the field at various points throughout the year the offense was able to overcome it and help the defense out mm-hmm. the defense got takeaways to help the offense out but the other night neither side of the ball was working very well and communication became
3: the flashpoint yeah I, I I thought the offense actually did okay in that game uh I was again shocked at the inability to stop the run of a team that hadn't run very well uh that's more detailed communication you don't think about that being communication as much as the back end uh, Doug thought that was the key to the game. I, I sort of agreed. This defense that has stopped the run so well all year all of a sudden uh, couldn't fit. It had a lot of linebackers and safeties going in the wrong direction uh, at, frankly, the wrong time.
1: Our final big thing today is going to be next man up because we'll go in-depth into the injuries, but there were a lot of injuries, including Trevor Lawrence, but they have to play on Sunday, and it's a short week before they head to Cleveland. So next man up. You know, obviously, we would love to have 16 out
0: there. You know, he's the he's a head man, but you know, if he's not out there, we all got his back. And it's, like I said, it's a next next man approach mentality, and if we can approach it like that. And defense, we hone in.
1: No more missed tackles. Like we get better at the defense and help the offense out. But I think CJ gonna hold his own, and I know I think I know CJ can know how to lead this offense. So you know, we do
3: our part, play a little bit better. I'm be all
1: right. CJ Beathard is the next man up at quarterback. Brian, what are we looking at if CJ's a starter on Sunday?
3: Look,
2: I, I, if I'm Doug, I'm tempted to say he didn't plan right and let everybody know that early in the week, so they don't think that help is on the way. That they figure out that they're all going to have to lift their games a little bigger, a little better, rather, because 16's not back there. So everybody's got to be better on blocking, tackling, catching, running, all of those things everybody's got to have that mentality of 16 isn't there to bail us out we've got to be there to help cj and if for some reason superman does show up on sunday great but i think the mentality has to be he didn't plan we've got to be ready to do this without him and john i think this roster has the ability to go and win a game in cleveland without him provided they get a couple of those other guys back
3: yeah it does i don't think over the course of a season it's going to be a playoff team without Trevor Lawrence, but I think it can go. It showed the other night that in spurts, it can be effective with CJ. CJ did a nice job. He led the team uh, to a drive that tied the game. Yeah. Uh, he made a, a throw to Ridley, gave Ridley a chance to make a play on what was a eh, call that sort of took a touchdown or a potential touchdown away in overtime. He he did his job. Uh, he'll he'll be functional. Um, I thought it was encouraging that the that players, Ingram, Zay Jones, guys like that uh, late in the game, seemed to lift. Uh, they're gonna have to lift for 60 minutes on Sunday. It's, it's harder to do that than it is for a couple of drives.
1: All right, coming up after the break, we're gonna go over some of the injuries this team suffered and what they'll be dealing with going into Cleveland this Sunday. And of course, Jagdhan brought to you by Fields Auto Group, Jacksonville. Step up to luxury at fieldsauto.com. For 10 years, DreamFinders Homes has been proud to call themselves the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You can visit DreamFindersHomes.com for all of the available inventory. Go Jags! Fans on uh, Tuesday, December 12th from 5 to 6, you can head to Publix, located at the shops at the Beachwalk in St. John's, to meet Jacksonville Jaguars players for a special appearance that's from 5 to 6. That's the public supermarket located at 835 County Road, two ten West in St. John's, Florida on Tuesday, December twelfth from five to six. You can meet members of the Jaguars there before they head off to Cleveland this
3: week. He's the leader of our team. He does a great job each week, does not doing his thing. Um, you know, I feel like that, that plays on me too. So, you know, that definitely hurts. But you know what I'm saying, gotta come out, grow, get ready and um, Let's get ready to work next week. Be more decisive in my route, be quicker. So, you know, third down. I didn't, I didn't know if it was pressure or not, but I just got to be able to make a play and be decisive from the quarterback.
1: That's Parker Washington. Welcome back to Jags AM. He had a touchdown in his, you know, first NFL touchdown. He said he felt a little responsibility on that play where Trevor got hurt. He should have been a little more decisive on his route um but you know he got thrown into the fire for sure because christian kirk went out on on first play of the game well
2: he's gonna get the chance because he's gonna get more reps obviously on the practice field this week uh, with christian kirk being down and he's gonna play a whole lot more you know he made that touchdown catch right but he also had a critical third down catch where he dove and fought for the ball and and took it away from the Bengals defensive back i saw some things that i really liked from him he's a tough kid he slid in the draft because he had broken part of a bone in his foot somewhere um, when he was in his last year at Penn State, and so he didn't run quite as well. But he's a guy with a lot of potential, and, and they're going to need to work that out of him on the practice field in the next couple of weeks to get some of it back from him on the game field.
3: Yeah, it bodes well. So often, if if, if a guy doesn't play as a rookie in September, people are panicking, saying it was a dra- it was a bad draft pick. They were never that worried about Parker Washington. This hasn't been really a chance for him to play. With Christian Kirk being in there and, and with the receiver depth, I think he'll be fine in terms of when, when they throw him the ball, he'll catch it. He needs to improve uh, knowing where to be on the field, but that's sort of rookie stuff. I, I, you know, that being said, I don't want to minimize what Christian Kirk being out, and it sounds like he's out uh, for the season or at least until, you know, AFC Championship, Game Week, Super Bowl. Um, he's really important in terms of chemistry, reliability, Out of all the receivers, he's the best at you never worry that he's going to be exactly where he's supposed to be. That's a huge edge for the quarterbacks. It's why he's the leading receiver. It's why Trevor depends on him so much. Um, That, over the long term, is a big, big loss.
1: I think the thing we need to remember about Parker, too, is we've talked a little bit about he didn't get to play as a rookie. Those are mistakes we've been talking about. Tank's been making for 12 weeks. He hasn't had that opportunity. He got hurt as well, and then he's coming in to play for Agnew and now Christian Kirk. So Christian Kirk, a huge injury. He has a core injury that Doug said will probably need surgery, which puts him at you know six-plus weeks out. So as John mentioned, if we're lucky to make it that far, AFC Championship Super Bowl, that's when maybe something like that could happen. But this injury list is a long one, and that's something Thing we're talking about because without Christian Kirk, he's kind of a safety blanket for Trevor, and he is someone where you know where he's going to be at all times. And what does that take away from the offense, John?
3: Well, it takes away all that trust, all that continuity. I mean, you're you're never surprised when when Trevor drops to pass. This is just the way I watch the game because I don't watch it on TV. Mm-hmm. When Trevor drops to pass, and you look out and you see Christian running wide open. Like he was in the play he got hurt. Yeah, you're never surprised because he's such a good route runner and and there's such trust. And just think over, over what, uh, 17, you know, how many games Christian's been here, how many huge third downs he's caught, uh, how reliable he is. Um, We talked for six, seven weeks about how much the offense misses Zay Jones because you have to account for him. Well, in offenses like this, the guys that you cannot leave single-covered, which in this offense are Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, Calvin Ridley, and uh, Zay Jones. When you lose one, that messes up the gears, and now they have to play with their gears messed up.
2: It just always seems like he's that guy in third and forever, right? Where, you know, you need almost a prayer to convert third down in 17, and he's the guy who's open. And I think back to last season and the plays that he made against the Ravens and the Cowboys, the plays that he made against the Titans and the Chargers. I mean, he's just, he always seems to make a big play and it may not be a 68 yard touchdown. It may only be a 26 yard completion, but it happens in big moments. That's the kind of player he is. He's not tall in stature, but he makes tall plays, if that makes sense.
3: And here's what you sort of notice about Christian. He's not really on the highlights that much. because so many of his big plays are he's open and trevor gets in the ball yeah, because trevor knows exactly where he's going to be so there's not a whole lot of highlight he doesn't have to one-hand it he doesn't make it all even catches he's just open and the right timing on his route he makes it look easy and subtle and you don't think about it that much but how many big plays the uh, touchdown against the colts this year where him and trevor were on the same page last year he's, he's the only touchdown against the titans in the last game of the season He makes big plays at big moments, Uh, and again, you go back to the trust. Trust is so big for a quarterback. Out of all the receivers, Trevor trusts him number one. Uh, When Trevor gets back, that'll be a loss in chemistry he has to make up for.
1: Talked about the two biggest injuries, of course, your quarterback and Christian Kirk, who looks like he'll be out long-term, but there's a lot of other names. So when you look at this list of people that are injured, who's kind of sticking out to you, Brian? Who's an injury you're concerned about other than the big.
2: Well, Walker little because you lost Cam Robinson last week, right? And now a guy that that we've heard is a natural left tackle is likely the left tackle here of the future because of salary cap considerations. Now he's down, which means your left tackles, Blake Hance. Okay, uh, right? You worry about that. Uh, The the, the next two weeks, as I mentioned earlier, are teams with really strong pass rushes and you're going to ask a guy who's probably more naturally a right side player and a guard at that to go play left tackle that's troublesome.
3: Yeah. Um and Miles Garrett plays for that team. Yes, he right. Does. He mostly stays on yeah. the
2: left side of the defense. He's not a guy that they flip right. very often. He still plays for that team. Yeah, well, that's what I, mean. <laughs> you know, yeah. I know. Yeah, you <laughs> can take everybody else and go go sure. attack the exactly. weak spot at left tackle because Miles Garrett's over there. Yes. Yeah,
3: and uh with Walker, uh he has shown such great potential. But you know as a team, they would love at some point to know that they can rely on that for the long term. A lot of him not playing has, hasn't has been his fault, but, but boy, they would have loved to have seen him healthy for a stretch. They saw at the end of last year, this year he gets in a right guard, and then all of a sudden he's out. Yep. Um, I think he's a big time player, but boy, you would love to have that body of work where you said, yeah, we know what that guy is.
1: Especially someone you're thinking about giving long-term big money to when yeah often injured.
3: Yeah, so I think that's, uh, let's hope the hamstring isn't bad, that he can be out there and sort of show himself for an extended period of time. I would say, I'd,
2: I'd like to think that a tackle would have a better chance of playing on a hamstring, obviously than a defensive back or a wide receiver, because he doesn't have to be quite as explosive. I haven't talked to him, I don't know the, the extent of the injury. But I would imagine he's going to gut it out and try and go to be there to protect C.J. Beathard because they're going to need him.
3: Yeah, the other guy you don't want down is uh, Fadakasi. You don't talk a lot about defensive tackles, um, but he's been a huge reason that they're really stout against the run, maybe behind Trayvon and Josh, the most consistent player up front this year. Uh, you don't want him out for very long. Well,
2: and that's the same injury that that cost him the preseason. Remember, he heard it on the practice field in Detroit. We watched him Kai walk off the field at Allen Park that day, and he missed the rest of the preseason. He's been really stout this year, really. And Devon Hamilton is, as we've heard from the coach, kind of still working his way back to being able to play.
1: For me, I'm looking at the secondary and I think that might be the sum of all the parts there because we finally get Tyson Campbell back from that hamstring injury. Now he has a, a right quad injury as well. Trey Herndon's still in concussion protocol in a short week and Andre Sisco hurt his shoulder. He went back into the game, but that's also something you're playing with. I know everybody's banged up at this time of year, but secondary struggling. They're down a guy and now everybody's hurt too. So,
2: Well, that Herndon won. I mean, Gregory Jr. missed a lot of time this year. He had his own hamstring injury that put him on injured reserve and so when you lose Herndon, We don't think of Herndon as being that communicator. But, John, when you play in the slot, Mm -hmm. it's such a unique position compared to playing corner on the outside. There's a lot of communication that goes on from that position to Foye Aluakon or Devin Lloyd talking about who's covering and what they're doing. And they were playing a lot of zone the other night. And that's ultimate communication, right? Uh, So it was a confluence of things. But losing Trey Herndon is more significant than people might give it
3: credit for. And he's a veteran. He's been around, it seems like, since the franchise began. Since 2018. So, so, uh, um, yeah, losing a veteran presence in there uh, is worrisome, and who knows with the concussion protocol. That's, you know, we'll let that play out. Yep.
0: The
1: communication point is good, too, because I know one of the big Jamar touchdown, that big touchdown run in the beginning where Tyson's up in the air and kind of gets beat after that. Cisco's trying to communicate at the line before all of that goes down, and that's when you're looking at it and maybe what Doug's talking about. It is loud. They're trying to figure things out, but it doesn't look great, and then obviously when you get beat on the play, too. So coming up, we're going to look ahead and kind of see what we got going on with this team a little bit when we come back on Jack price.com the easiest way to save money with comparison shopping cashback, coupons all in one it's free you can try it out at price.com today we also want to take a moment to recognize jea's frontline teams for the critical services they provide to this community today we're going to recognize jea's frontline team of the game winners and a special thanks to jea's environment team for their commitment to protect and sustain the natural resources of our community
2: this or that's Welcome back to
1: Jags Am here in the Hyundai Studios. We're going to do a little this or that. We're doing a little bit different. We're going to have a kind of a group conversation here today because, and a little bit of what if, you know, because this team is not healthy right now, but if they were healthy, do we think this is one of the best teams in the AFC? We're talking going into Monday Night Football. They're up for that number one seed. If this team is at their best, after that game against the Bengals, do you still feel they are one of the best teams in the AFC?
2: I do, and I've said it on this show a couple of times. In fact, I, I thought they would go out and prove that against the San Francisco 49ers, and, and that didn't happen. But then they bounced back and had two games they needed to win, and they did win. I think if they're healthy and at their best, which is what the criteria was for this, I think they're scoring They 31 points the other night right, and lost. Um, And and I think that defense with 21 takeaways and number five or number six against the run overall. Could they be better? Well, sure. But I think you can go and look at the elite teams in the NFL, the Eagles, the Chiefs, uh, you know, find places, the the Dolphins, where they can be better too. Yeah, I think if this team is healthy, I do think that they are one of the best teams in the NFL. One of the best teams in the AFC for sure.
3: Yeah, I think there's no question they are because they were the other night. they didn't blow out the Bengals. They lost to the Bengals, who are a 500 team. But they were, you know, I feel like if Trevor doesn't get hurt, that they win that game. Uh, probably 70% chance, I would put it. I, I, I don't need basis for that. But that was just my feeling. Um, the AFC this year, the question is, are they a legitimate contender? They, they absolutely are. They're not far and away the best team in the AFC. No. But the Ravens, who I think feel like the best team in the AFC? They've lost three times and they've looked great when they blow teams out, that's what they do. They've also lost. The Jaguars were about to win the other night the way they've won a few games, which is sort of gutting it out. They're a smart veteran team. It didn't work out from the other night. Um, Yeah, I think, also remember, they swept the Colts. Everybody sleeps on the Colts, but without that sweep, the Colts are nine and three and winning this thing. Uh, They've beaten the Steelers. They've beaten the Texans once. They've beaten those teams legitimately to keep those teams at bay. I think they're one of three or four teams that are really, really good in the AFC when healthy.
1: I'm at the really good. I'm not quite there yet, and I think that's just because they beat the teams they need to beat. They do what they need to do, but they're not blowing anybody out and I don't know how much they're addressing the concerns that we've had been talking I feel like we talk about the same concerns and they haven't necessarily gotten better like we talk about the susceptibility to the big play and obviously it was extreme examples uh, against the Bengals with one of the best receiving cores in the NFL but that's an issue that's been an issue and the run game covers up a lot of that and that kind of goes into our second this or that which is this has been a really good defense but have they've been stout all around or have they just been opportunistic they're really good at stopping the run other than against the Bengals. but then the secondary has lacked there's miscommunication there's other areas of deficiency is this a really good defense or have they just been playing to their strengths well
2: i i think they're a good defense right they have 21 takeaways which puts them in the top 10 and they've been top five against the run all season long they lack some things in coverage they're susceptible whether it's the linebackers or the safeties or a corner on an island you know, they've given up big chunks of yardage in the passing game and allowed some teams, you know, to make games tighter than perhaps we thought they should be. I don't know that they, well, I mean, you look at the two or three best defense in the league, you look at San Francisco and Baltimore, I don't think they're there. I don't think they're there. Uh, but I do think on, on a good day,
3: they're a really good unit.
2: I just don't think they're elite.
3: They're really good when they play how they can play, and I think that's what it didn't show the other night. They didn't, it, if you talk to any defensive player in that locker room, they will clearly lay out what they have to do to be good. They have to stop the run, they have to force turnovers, and then when they stop the run, puts them in passing situations where, where the other team's at a disadvantage. But the other night, they didn't do that. So, uh, w- guess what? When they don't play to their identity, they're not a good defense because they weren't the other night. They gave it 490. When they do what they believe they're good at, then they are a pretty good defense. So, um, I don't know how to explain why all of a sudden they weren't having good run fits the other night. But had they, then I think we were talking about a good defense. So The other night, they were not a good defense. When they do what they do, they're pretty good. Well, they're going to get a chance this week to prove it, right? Oh. You, you, you yes, time. they will. Yeah, I mean, the, this is a
2: game with Joe Flacco, who gives them something in the passing game that they haven't had With the other backup since Deshaun Watson's been down but Amari Cooper is in the concussion protocol so who knows whether he'll play or not this is big boy football without Nick Chubb they don't it does not bother the the Browns in that stadium their personality is run the ball and they're going to run the ball so you better be prepared to line up and take the ball your way 30 plus times if you can do that if you can keep them at three yards 3.5 yards a carry then you get a chance to go take on an aging 38-year-old Joe Flacco. We could see the, the pass rush. We could see some takeaways. We could, And, and that, by the way, is essential for C.J. Beathard to succeed. He's going to need extra possessions and short fields, and this defense
3: is going to have a chance to make that happen. So, defense, for the most part, has defined this season for them. Yep. This is their chance to reset the season, mm-hmm. I think if they win this game, they get in the playoffs. I yes. mean, I, because I think the schedule late in the season, I think they have a tough time against Baltimore if Trevor's hurt. But then it, it gets you to that final stretch. Um, this is a huge game for this team, and it sets up to where the defensive they play to its strength yep. can can have one of those games where you're talking to four defensive players after the game, and they're the story of the game. This could be their game, but it's. <laughs> it's tough because this is what the Browns do to take this defense from that
2: very good to that top level elite you need Andre Cisco you need uh, uh, Tyson Campbell and you need Devin Lloyd and, and of course Drayvon Walker but you need those players to lift their games they've got to be more consistent and obviously Campbell's been out with the injury for a while so he hasn't been able to but Cisco Lloyd and Walker I want to leave Walker off because he's been consistent But those two in particular on the back end Mm -hmm. have been up and down and up and down and up and down. And if they lift their game on Sunday, the Jaguars have a really good chance to win.
1: And we've seen they're capable of it. Oh, there's no doubt. They're more than able. So we need to see that out of the defense, especially with your backup quarterback, C.J. Bethard in there and without Christian Kirk as well, one of the safety valves for this offense. Stay with us. We'll preview what we've got coming up the rest of the week here on Jags AM. Jags fans, if you want customized Jaguars furniture for your home, check out zipchair.com to browse all customizable options. Zipchair is furniture for fans. We also want to take a moment now for our Florida Lottery High School Scholar Athlete of the Month, Christian Sosha, Sosha, excuse me, uh, has proven his academic excellence, dedication to the community, and demonstrated leadership on and off the field. The Bright Futures Scholarship Program, which is primarily funded by the Florida Lottery, assists students in pursuing post-secondary education and career goals. Christian is a senior at Wolfson School. Uh, he plays golf, soccer, 4.8 GPA, and he hopes to attend Florida State. So congrats to Christian. I
2: think Florida State probably hopes he attends there too. Absolutely. It looks
1: very well-rounded. Yep. Um, going into this week, we don't know what we're going to get. Trevor Lawrence is listed as talking this week, so hopefully we'll hear from him today and kind of figure out exactly where he's at. But Brian, you're on, you're on record saying you just want CJ Beathard to be well, the guy he, this week and just kind of take yeah, that out of the equation.
2: You know, uh, back in the 70s, there was a big AFC championship game between the Steelers and the Raiders. And those, John, you remember, those were called the Holy Wars. I mean, they were vicious games. And they were great Steelers teams. They had Rocky Blyer and Franco Harris. And both of them were out for a game, or both of them were, were injured. And Chuck Knoll famously said, Help is not on the way. Guys, you better figure out how to do this on your own. And it sort of set the standard. You know, you, you have to have that mindset of, man, it, 16's not coming to the rescue this week, like he has. It's gotta be on me to do my job better, whatever that job is. And So yeah, I, I'd, I'd almost rather see Doug say that from the beginning of the week, and say, it's up to us. The other 52 guys in here have to figure out how to get it done, because we're not going to have him on Sunday. And then again, if he shows up on Saturday night at the team meeting and says, hey, I feel great, I'm ready to go. Great, bonus.
3: Yeah, the Steelers actually lost that game to the Raiders and, uh, cause Franco and Rocky had gotten hurt the week before against yeah. the Colts. And there were Steelers people who, who had wished that Chuck had just ruled them out. I mean, yeah. that was sort of the, and, and I get that. Um, I uh, if, if Trevor has a chance to play, he should play. And if he can protect himself, the, Key words. I, I think it's a it's a fascinating week on that front. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this week and this game. It's easy to say in the NFL, well, this game's going to show a lot about this team. I, I think this game really will show a lot about this team. The Browns are tough to beat up there. They've only lost one game. They're not great away from home, but they're really good at home. For the Jaguars to go win this in this circumstance, uh, this is a heavy lift. This is a huge game.
2: Well, look, it, it, it's, it's a tale of... of two cities, so to speak, right? You've got Cleveland and Jacksonville, and both of them have massive injuries. The Browns, starting quarterback is is off, right? Deshaun Watson, both their starting tackles from this season are gone. Nick Chubb is gone. Uh, Denzel Warden and Miles Garrett have both played banged up, and those are the two best players on their defense. And now you look at the Jaguars injury list, which we showed earlier in this show. It's important to note, this is not just about Trevor, right? I mean, you've got to have an offensive lineman and and a defensive back or two. You've got guys that you legitimately need to work and manage through this week to get them on the field to give yourself a chance to win with C.J. Beathard. It's more than just Trevor. It's a bunch of guys.
1: And it's going to be interesting for sure. We'll learn a lot today as we hear from Doug Peterson and hopefully Trevor Lawrence. So we'll be back here on Jag AM tomorrow and give you a little bit more about what this game against Cleveland is going to look like on Sunday.